0: Episode seventy five of the MetroFan TV Rundown. We are coming to you live uh, in the early, 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 early um hours, I don't know, hours, days, moments, one of those. They're all fleeting they're all fleeting fragments of time anyway, of the twenty twenty three preseason. Uh preseason may be finite. Your time on Earth might be finite, but as we all know, Wu Tang is forever. It's Lens and Juan, uh, as usual, coming to you to describe to discuss the various happenings. And there have been a lot of happenings, haven't there? How are you today, Mr. Escalante? 久しぶりです!
1: <laughs> 元気ですよ!元気ですか? <laughs>
0: はい!おかえり! いいです! 話し、話しましょう! 話しましょう! <laughs> 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 I don't know the other, like a fucking radio presenter greetings that they do, but uh, I know, go, like, you... uh, I'm good. Yeah.
2: Yoroshiku, Yoroshiku, Yoroshiku. yoroshiku, yoroshiku. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's what we gotta uh, just do a challenge of us doing part of this episode in Japanese.
2: Yeah. Eh? Eh? Honto, Ni? Mm. Oh, Jose, desu ne.
0: And then uh, you have to have like the small reaction panels in like the corner. Yes, we, <laughs> that's, to, like, that's the next thing we should do the video to like Dante Van Zier's highlights. We've got to
1: do that. I are going
2: are
1: going
2: to
1: and then, like we just show, like like the the the, the giant killing crate is already drawn him pictures. I'm like, wow, that was fast. <laughs> uh,
0: unfortunately, I don't think Mister Mindstand has like, given us the money for that because I think our yeah no, we have
1: not gotten the budget.
0: Yeah, uh, unfortunately, the, our legions of fans did not vote for us uh, enough in the annual uh, general general election for us to secure greater and bigger funding but at least we finished at a enough position where i could secure a new headset so mm-hmm. that's nice i suppose uh how else have you been spending your off season though i've just been watching bochi the rock which is really fucking cool i think a <laughs> lot
1: yes based on your recommendation i've just started i've just started watching that series I'm about i think six episodes in
0: isn't it great
1: it's i love it's, it, it so it's, much it's, it's very wholesome if you can describe <laughs> for the for the listeners what what this anime is about
0: well, it's uh, literally uh, imagine if uh, Jimi Hendrix was a Japanese high school girl who was crippling social anxiety, and uh, <laughs> and uh, basically has uh, wished to join a band her whole life, uh, and is one day coerced into doing so through the chance encounter with a girl with a Dorito Ahoge in the middle of Shimokitazawa, thus beginning the legends known as Kesoku Band, Kesoku Bando. Guess like a mm. If you like funny shows with really multifaceted character work and uh, just a really endearing storyline, like pick this show up because, on top of that, the anxiety sequences are like god tier animation. I, 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 I cannot emphasize this enough. Like, I can't watch any other, like, show in the medium anymore right as far as i'm concerned after watching bochi like anime is a dead medium right basically
1: it's, it's one of the, any show uh that makes you take a long drag that does not make you take a long drag of your cigarette and go anime was a mistake is uh is worth watching
0: yeah i mean like this is legitimately like the zero point zero 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 one percent of anime where after finishing watching the show like i didn't need to like i don't know emb- <laughs> where i can wholeheartedly like recommend it to people right i don't need to give it the whole embarrassing caveat was so like well if you look past the fan service aspects it's actually quite a good show beneath but it's actually, also no, not
1: long too right because that's 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 a big in- thing for me now because it's like oh this show's great if you pat like you just got to watch the first five thousand episodes like hold on a second
0: <laughs> i'm looking at you naruto one piece one Piece, yeah, though, some of those other long runners, like uh, it's always those fucking Shonen jump shows, right? Like, exactly.
1: Uh, just They're the just worst... printing money at this point just to yeah. just pump out as many episodes as possible. Running you land on a formula th- and you stick to it.
0: Yeah, the formula by the way is like literally putting your mangakas in early graves.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
0: so like uh, as much as I enjoy some of the uh, what is it, the series is from that. From that magazine, like my God, man, like uh, the work culture is fucking terrible, dude. Jesus Christ! (laughs) Oi, 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 oi! What else is new, though? But yeah, I mean, seriously, um, if you haven't already done so, watch Bochi the Rock. There are no bad characters. The while we're on the
1: topic of anime, oh, sorry, sorry, keep
0: going. Oh no, the showrunners basically said, "So who do you think is the best girl?" And they all said, "Yes." But anyway. (laughs) uh what what is it you wanted to say sorry
1: well we're on the topic of anime as as the listenership of this episode uh fluctuates drastically <laughs> uh soccer anime what 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 are we talking about what are do, do you do you recommend any particular soccer anime i have one on my brain but i don't know if you have any other thoughts
0: oh no because i haven't really been keeping up with a lot of those series i mean i did watch awashi the season first season was good enough i guess uh, it's a pretty, it's actually kind of a generic story though. I don't really say it's quite anything super special, but at least, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the, it's very clear that the mangaka's knowledge of soccer is pretty deep as much as he is like a giant Barca wanker. <laughs> and uh, the passion that he shows for the game kind of displays through like some of the, uh, some of the uh, situations he puts uh, the main character through. Right. Cause uh, such as like learning, you know, that the triangle is the basis of uh, the shape in football for one. It's a pretty good thing to know if you don't really have a really deep soccer background. And what I like about it especially is that it kind of takes the more grounded approach that what made Q so good, right? Is that yeah, I mean it's obviously still like a comically exaggerated, I mean like it's still a kind of wouldn't say it's 100% realistic, but it sure is like a lot more grounded so you don't have people like doing like fucking bicycle kicks like 10 times a game that have like <laughs> tigers dragons and shit like just flying out their <laughs> flying out their feet every time they hit the ball right so um i would probably say that if you like a slightly more grounded soccer series it would probably be up there uh, i have not watched blue lock yet so um mm, i have no i've I no comments on that i heard it's really no. good but uh what is it uh Battle Royale style shows don't really uh, do it for me uh, mm. as much, but maybe I'll give it a chance. I don't know.
1: I think in this parish, we're both big fans of giant killing. Yes, yes, yes. yes. In that, ter- a very realistic, no, no, uh, no Captain tsubasa style antics in giant killing. <laughs> um, there was one that I read in high school. It was called Whistle, which. Uh, another realistic show, but set in the high school. So it was very much of like young, young player wants to, wants to, be, needs to believe in himself to get to the next level. But there's no, um, there's no weird like ki- moments where two players kick the ball at the same time. And I think this one was made around the 22, 2002 world cup. So there's a bit of that floating in there.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's probably when like the mania was at its highest, wasn't it? I'd probably. Yes. Say. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, it's been a while since we've had a series. I think, uh, I think, uh, I think it's been a while since we've had a big budget adaptation of a notable mm-hmm. soccer manga slash series of any kind. So, um, I mean, keep an eye out for Owashi. I think uh, we're very ahead in the manga, and I can tell you that I think the subsequent seasons will probably be a bit better than season one. Haikyu is pretty similar in the same way, right? I mean, season one was kind of whatever until uh, the second half of the first season, and then from there it just never looks back. So um, I get similar vibes. This just tends to happen with sports shows quite often, unless you're like I don't know, unless you're slam dunk or something. But Mm -hmm. that's just like, but slam dunk is like the gold standard, right? So,
1: (laughs) what (laughs) member of this New York Red Bulls team do you think? could we get to watch uh, a soccer anime? Which, actually, does anyone in this team, do you think they watch anime?
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, what is it? Omar so, like, said he watched Attack of Titan. Carl Duncan oh, really? has watched Naruto, if oh, I'm not right. mistaken. But I think uh, the one who'd most likely, I would probably say, is a Dark Horse pick is Christian Casares Jr.
2: Because oh. uh, if you know how big
0: Captain Subasa is in Latin America, right? Super yeah. Campeones, yes. as they call it. Super <laughs> Campeones. <laughs> Yeah. If you could get a Spanish dub of that, I'm pretty sure it would blow the fuck up. And uh, half the time I'm looking at manga scanlations, right? And the second most popular one behind English of course is the Spanish fan translations. So naturally I think um, there's a huge market there, right? For soccer related content in Mm -hmm. Latin America. Uh, It just needs to be presented properly of course. Because I mean, what is it ultimately than just a cartoon from Japan, right? That entertains people. It's kind of all it is. Um, I think, okay, so now that we've uh, gotten, but I think we should probably actually move on to talk, actually talking about the things that people, uh, <laughs> people tune in to hear about, right? Um, real soccer. Unfortunately, we have to talk about 3D soccer, oh right? gosh. Yes, as much as I would like to have this be the <laughs> the first the first uh, the the first um, episode of uh, Bochy the Rock fan TV, I can't actually do that. So that's going to have to be for a separate time, we could probably get some of our other pals who've watched the show to come on the show and talk about it. But um, we have team news to discuss, aren't we? I think uh, I can see that the. Uh, the various uh, social media channels are a buzz of a couple big news items. Of course, uh, as you mentioned at the top of the episode, a certain Belgian is on his way, by the looks of it. Right, pretty big price tag from a uh, Union saint I believe. I think that's yeah, from Union Saint-Gilloise. That is that is right? the team in uh, the Jupiler Pro League. Uh, Dante Van Zier, kind of a hybrid winger slash striker, from what I understand. But uh, has mostly been playing in a two-striker formation, right, at the tip of the spear for Union. And, uh, I mean, I think uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think he's got a pretty decent goal-scoring clip. Something like, uh, what is it, I think 47 goals and uh, 62 league appearances or something. 43 and lines. 79. Uh, yeah, 43 and 79. That kind of makes more, uh, yeah. That kind of sounds a bit more like it. And, you know, that's a pretty decent clip by any means. So uh, I think... Um, so on that basis alone, it's a pretty pretty exciting signing, right? And I think uh, based on the uh, profile and the play style, I certainly do think that uh, that's something to whet the appetite of the fans going into the season. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, just a little bit of, uh, you know, I think uh, obviously we did watch some tape uh, on Van Zier before uh, the episode, and I think um, we definitely have some opinions on how this is going to play out basically, right? And uh, I think you'd agree with me that the thing that stands the most about ends out the most about his game, of course, is his uh, pace and uh, how direct he is running at goals, running at goal, right, when he's on the break. Um, this is a continuation, I would probably say, of a certain type of attacker that we've been targeting pretty heavily over the past maybe two or three windows, right? I think if you look at him... Um, I think if you look at a lot of uh, the types of attackers that we've targeted, they all kind of fit this profile, right? Guys who uh, like the ball at their feet, who are very direct, powerful runners, right? Who just basically like to make a beeline for the goal as soon as possible, right? I mean, I think this kind of fits that idea of, uh, you know, hitting teams on the break in the offensive to a T, right? We've recruited a lot of those kinds of guys, right? Whether they ended up playing for the club or not is one thing, but we can basically just list them down, right? I mean, first of all, in that first window, Patrick Klimala, Siad Haksibanovic, mm-hmm. in that second window, Lewis Morgan, Lukinas, right? Even last winter, that was Dylan Venta from Rota JC that we were linked to, who was very much a similar player, right? When Jochen Schneider first came in, and now it's Dante Van Zier, right? Who's sort of the uh, latest in this uh, latest in this line of players. Um, I think Elias Manuel was kind of similar, <laughs> uh, but I don't know. I think uh, it's a bit hard to get a good read on players that don't have a extensive video library. Seeing as how he was like, I think uh, what 18 years old playing uh, in Brazil, so not yeah. a lot of great footage there. Can really make a judgment before he came over. But Vanzier is someone who I think, uh, I mean, is a pretty well-established pro at this point, right? And it kind of uh, builds on the age profile that we've been targeting the past few years, right? I mean, uh, Lewis Morgan and Lukinius as well, right? Guys in their mid-20s about to enter the peak of their careers who, uh, yeah, guys in their, in their mid-20s about to enter the peak of their careers who are just kind of, I guess, looking for their biggest payday yet probably i would say right so these are guys who are coming in giving us their prime years and that's hopefully when they're bestest their players right i mean not so much a stepping stone so much to say in some cases as much as it is perhaps a destination for their prime earning years i'd probably Mm -hmm. say and I think that's exactly what we've given Vanzier here, right? I mean, it's a pretty big, sets looks set to be a pretty big DP contract. He has apparently been scouted extensively over the past few years. Uh, and they seem to think that he fits the profile for the types of attackers that they look for, right? So I think all signs kind of point towards a continuation rather than a departure, I think, from the previous transfer strategy. If you break it down like that, um, I don't know. So, I think obviously people would probably think that this points towards uh, four triple two um, formation coming back into vogue for twenty twenty three. But I'm curious to think if you have any other ideas based on what you've seen, Juan. Um,
1: I think I think where I'm sort of tempering my expectations about this signing is sort of the the trends we've seen with the past signings we've done where we kind of identified the strengths in these players game and then once they actually get here we see that we play in a way that does not capitalize on them so as good as uh as the young man von Seer uh is shown to be in his tape and in his and on the stat sheet we're like well are we actually going to have play balls into the channels or are we going to force him basically to play, to chase long balls into the corner like we did with Patrick Klamala? Uh, yeah. Or, or, or even, or or God forbid, we make him play as a wingback. I don't even know what Struber wants to do because I don't think we've even played. We, I know that we said that Vanceer plays in a two-striker formation, but we were kind of... Uh, it's inferring that we would go back to the four triple two, but I don't think we've actually done that as part of the team. You can correct me on that, but I'm not a hundred percent sure that we've done that.
0: Mm, I think there was a couple times where the functional shape during the game ended up being a four triple two. Right. I think uh, I recall the uh, Toronto game where Lewis Morgan scored the Hattie right. Ended up looking Mm -hmm. pretty similar to four triple two with the Morgan, I think pushing up to uh, form the tip of the spear, Uh, Next to, I want to say, yeah, but basically, I kind of actually remember what the lineup was from that game. I don't think it was Fabio because Morgan was on the team by then, right? So it was probably, I think Uh... it was probably Pat, it was probably Patrick Klamala, I think. Mm -hmm. This was that early season one where he scored the Hattie. Mm -hmm. Um, But as I think, like you mentioned, right, I mean, I think the theory of the player is certainly good, but what's going to be the deciding factor is the practice, the execution, so to say, right? And I mean, like, I, I do think that this is a team that seems very much set up, right, with the types of talent that we have to keep the ball in the ground and hit teams in transition when we win the ball back and uh teams haven't really settled into like their their defensive uh shape yet right it's to use tactics wankers terms we target the rest defense specifically right (laughs) right so um i think it's the thing that you point out right i mean it, it is kind of as the the 2022 season kind of went on, I mean, it was pretty disappointing to see that most of the ideas that we had when we had the ball back in possession were basically trying to lump it forward into the corner as soon as possible, right? And uh, as a result of that, like, you know, I mean, the forward has a lot, is basically fighting for scraps half the time. He needs to be able to hold the ball up so that the rest of the team basically can, uh, you know, uh, move up the pitch to try and flood the box. But by the time mm. that happens, you're also giving like teams time to recover and uh, basically get their defensive shape settled, right? I mean, yeah. a lot of that incisiveness is lost if you're just basically playing the ball up prematurely. And uh, I think uh, it's it, it's a bit of a different tenet from even some of the other Red Bull teams who have typically tried to keep the ball on the ground as they progress up the field right we're not just launching it into the air as soon as possible right we're actually keeping it here you know, actually keep it on the ground they move it vertically through some quick interchanges and dribbles right and then suddenly you have like three or four guys flooding down on goal against like a it's like in a four and two situation or something right we don't really see that with the instructions that were given because the ball mm-hmm. just i don't know Gets hooked up as soon as possible. Yeah. And the forward has to come at the centre-back for basically everything, right? I mean, that's why every single forward that we've put into this position has had this disconnect the rest of the team, right? I mean, you, you can try all kinds of people. I mean, like, uh, what is it? Klimala, Barlow, even Elias Manuel last year. Mm-hmm. I mean, They're all kind of being put into uh, this situation, right? And at some point, something has to give, right? I mean, uh, it's been the third, probably say it's the third window in a row now where we've had a marquee attacking signing be brought in, right? And these are not cheap signings by any means of the imagination, right? I mean, uh, Klimala obviously cost about, what, 4 to $5 million. The mm-hmm. was a $3 million signing. We gave Lewis Morgan $2 million, We traded $2 million for Lewis Morgan to come over. Now we're spending $5 million on this on Van Zier, Right. I mean, this has been a level of investment that's generally been a lot higher than what we've seen in past years. Right. So naturally, I mean, the expectation would be that you'd be able to get something out of this guy. Right. And I think that would probably be fair to say, you know, yeah. like we say, you know, the theory of the player is really good, but, I don't know. I mean I I would be worried if we continue to struggle to score goals in spite of all of this. Right. You know, and the expectation. We're in is what no. his
1: it, Struber's third season, and I feel like at this point he, the guy has to stop complaining that he's not getting what he what he needs. He at this yeah. point he's gotten more investment into the squad than literally every uh MetroStar's uh new york red bulls manager ever at this point
0: yeah over two different sporting directors as well oh, head over of sport, two different sporting
1: directors and this yeah. is like probably the most not just like the most investment but like the most investment uh throughout the team it's not like we're spending a whole bunch of money on a single dp this is sort of like improving the squad pretty much at every level on the field
0: yeah and really i mean like uh Apples and oranges, probably, right? But, I mean, in that very first season, I mean, uh, where the best, where the biggest name signing was a trade for Sasha Question, right? To get the allocation spot and a trade for Felipe. They basically Mm -hmm. went on to, like, basically steamroll the league in 2015. Right. Eight years ago now, by the way. If you want to feel like a fucking fossil, I -hmm. certainly do. Um, But, yeah, yeah. that's the thing for me, you know? I mean, like, three years in, I'm I'm 100% there, right? We, we can't be complaining about the lack of investment in the squad. If I seriously hear this bullshit about, like, I'm not getting the kinds of players that I want, when there have very clearly has been a very consistent strategy in the attackers that have been identified and brought to this team, right? I am 100% calling bullshit. Like, that is, that is tin pot, for yeah. lack of a better term. Like, we can't be having that, right? So naturally, the expectations are now is that we would at least be able to challenge for something. Whether mm-hmm. it's a shield, whether it's a cup run, whether it's winning MLS Cup. I mean, uh, I've been I've been of the opinion that, like, I mean, if you look at the type of talent that's been on this team, that we've been good enough to contend for at least the top of the East since, like, last year. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, the East is not strong at all. Right.
1: Yeah, I mean, part of it, if the argument is that the players are like, you can't, it's, I don't know, how, how do I frame this? It's like, a lot of the arguments about where this team is, is, like, the players aren't good enough. When, in fact, the quality of the players has bailed us out so many times. If you look at the amount of, like, individual goals that that saved us and won us points last season.
0: Yeah, I mean, Lukinas' hero ball basically carried the first half of the season, right? I mean, right. A, when he was on that tear, um, second half like a, a lot of the goals last year basically came from individual moments of brilliance rather than the systematic generation of, uh, chances. You know, I, 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 I don't see patterns to our goal scoring basically right. like we did under say Jesse Marsh, for example. Right. We, we were, yeah, you know, like you said, we were build up individual moments of brilliance, uh, few golosos from outside the box, basically, you know, and that's right. not really something that's going to carry us that much over the course yes. of a full season. Right. And so, it, it, it
1: seems, it seems to be contradictory to what Struber has built this image of himself as like this kind of Red Bull tactics guy. Right. I'm not saying that hero ball isn't tactics. There is a way you can build a team around a guy. Uh, where it's like you're getting the best out of him. Like, in the difference, for example, if we're going to do a remembering dudes type reference, I guess Neil Warnock with QPR and uh, the streets, will never forget legend, uh, Adel Taarabt. basically. <laughs> that Look, giving him the ball is tactics. Specifically, when he's like, you give that lad the ball, but only in the final, <laughs> only <laughs> in the opponent's half. Do not be giving him the ball in your own half. Um <laughs> If I catch him getting the ball on his own, we're in fucking London now, aren't we? Like and now, I just start.
0: That's a pretty decent. That's, that's, that's actually a decent. pretty decent impersonation. We're
1: in London, yes. aren't we? Um, you should yeah. be giving him
2: the ball, yeah. <laughs> right,
1: but I guess to get on topic, like. Uh, we're not necessarily putting these quality players in positions to score these goals as much as these are guys are picking up the loose second balls and not, you know, making use of the space that they get. It's just, it's not fun soccer to watch. If you want to be the guy who's like, we got
0: this team playing in this great way and
1: we're not, we're not seeing it.
0: Yeah. 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 I think that's a pretty good summation of where we are. Aren't we? right basically um if
1: if if we want to get into Von Zier a little bit more i guess looking back through i guess because i think this kind of started like what kind of formation that we're going to look into as the we're speculating on the four triple two uh that i guess that's contingent on i want to say like who our striker core is actually going to be going into the season because we suddenly in this case where we're signing one striker, but instead of basically having a striker core of five, we're going to move that there's this uh, move, uh, offloading Patrick Lamal. So we're suddenly we're back to where we were before the season started yeah. having four strikers. Yeah. Um, only, only two of which have actually played games. I don't know how many of them all. Well, they have actually played together. If you want to count Elias Manuel and Tom Barlow. Um, as much as we were talking about the four triple two, I might. I'm I'm curious. We might actually go back to what we were doing last season. Um, which is a three man back line playing two wing backs, two center midfielders, and then some combination of three up top, either. Two strikers and then someone in the pocket behind them or uh, one striker leading the line and then two guys in the half spaces. Interestingly enough, uh, Real union would, you know, uh, Van Seer's team, pretty, pretty consistently plays a three-man backline, pretty much plays the exact same formation that we were right. looking at for most of last season. And he mm-hmm. was specifically playing as one of those two strikers with a guy in behind him.
0: Right, right, right. He'd sort of be playing like the stretching role, so to say. Right. I yes. Think, uh, so, I, I think that's something that I definitely didn't consider. Right. Is uh, the three-man back line looks tend to tended to be kind of like a three-five-two in function, basically. Right. I think. Um, yeah. Either way, we've been trying to play with two strikers for most of last year. Right. I mean, uh, whether that's deploying. I don't know uh omir fernandez lewis morgan et cetera, etc cetera, etc cetera, et cetera, next to patrick mm-hmm. Klamala. but i think to harken back to this to what you touched upon which is reverting the square one right i mean it certainly does kind of feel that way right because i would be pretty disappointed i'm not gonna lie if um we don't at least see klimala and van zier like up top alone at some point That's I
1: I I'm just like that. Why not have that? I don't understand why we can't. I think the
0: argument about offloading
1: Klimala is that he takes up an international spot, which I'm like, okay, who are we? Does that like the argument is that like, we're going to, we're going to get rid of Klimala And then that suddenly we're going to have money to get this great striker that we have. Like, no, I don't think, I don't think that's the case. This is still Gerhard Struber, Jochen Schneider, Dennis Hamlet. I don't think we're going to get this mystery striker that no one has ever heard of. And uh, you know, and fill out the striker core with the season having not even starting, like retooling during the summer. I don't know what people are getting at. Um, yeah, and, I don't. I, mean, I don't think this this takes. I mean, if it's a young DP or DP, like uh, this is above above the cap, I don't understand what you know what really what the argument is.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, for a team that's apparently as rich as Red Bull, being like, I guess, paying mm-hmm. above that shouldn't really be a fucking problem at all, right? I mean, uh, just honestly speaking. Uh, so, um, I think um, this—I—I've I, always just really just found the whole uh, positioning of it as a binary to be like completely disingenuous, to be honest with you. And I think. Um, A lot of it is kind of fueled by the fact that he's become a bit of a a lightning rod, I suppose, for criticism, which I, again, I mean, I don't really think is quite a fair assessment at all because I think he's kind of been thrust into a role that doesn't suit his best attributes, right? I mean, I think um, we've touched upon this quite a lot, but none of of our forwards are basically guys that are going to be good at banging out, like winning 50-50 balls at a good clip, right? (laughs) They're not... Target men, so to say, right? The closest thing, none of them are Urari polson basically, is what right. I'm trying to say, right? Like, I think, um, well,
1: we're going to try to make Dante Von Sear wrestle with center backs for 60 uh, minutes before yeah. pulling
0: him off uh, for then, Tom Barlow, yeah. And that would just be just some really grim shit, man. Because, like, <laughs> what are like that would be no, that not would Tom be... Barlow, Corey Burke, but still. Oh yeah, Corey Burke. Yeah, that's right. But but nevertheless, um, this is this is the thing that I'd kind of wanna see, right? I mean, I think uh, you 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 mentioned this I think uh, earlier, in the four triple two or three five two. But no matter what we're doing, right? Whether it's the four triple three or the three five two, we cannot leave the striker so isolated, fighting right. for scraps like ninety percent of the game. Right. It's like it's um, like
1: when Brian White left, it's like he started scoring goals for, for for the captain. Like, why do we get rid of... Why do we get a, a Brian White and keep Klamala? Like, have you noticed that he was getting the ball? That they were playing the ball to him? That they were play, putting the ball on his head, which we were not doing on this team.
0: Yeah. I mean, he, even Brian White kind of looked a bit... kind of struggled a little bit in the Gerhard Schuber system, didn't he? Right. Uh, anyway, he was going to Vancouver and after that initial burst like he's proceeded to do absolutely nothing. So I don't really think uh we missed too much in there. We got a pretty big payday out of it though. Pretty decent sum of cash. Right. Um and I think in the end I mean that's just a decent value trade for everybody involved. So um I don't think we particularly miss Brian White so to say. Right. Do you think um, if
1: Clem- like, like, it, you think if it was reversed and we had Corey Burke on the team last season and Patrick Klamala was on uh, the Union. Do you think
0: Klamala would have gotten more goals last season? I mean, it's a lack of ser- it's a, it's a service it's a service question, isn't it? So I mean, like, like Corey I,
1: Burke got marginally more goals than Klamala did last season, and I don't and I don't think Corey Burke would have got put up those numbers if he was here.
0: Probably not. No, I mean, like you, you, like though you see the way that Philly attack, right? Like that is sort of uh, the idea of there being a more cohesive, att- <laughs> cohesive bunch of ideas and attack you know and here's the thing i mean like if if jim Curtin can be getting the philly union to be playing something resembling a red bull team i don't see why the manager that we paid two million dollars (laughs) for to come and coach a red bull system for a red bull team having had most of his coaching education in the red bull system can't right yeah There was a goal that Burke scored against New York City FC in the playoffs
1: that uh, that just sticks in my mind where he had the ball and then he passed it to one of his teammates and then immediately ran into space. And then the teammate passed into that space and then he scored. Yeah,
0: I mean, I I don't think
1: do you think are are we able to rep? Do you think we can replicate that? Yeah, I didn't didn't even see
0: like I don't even see like. Two guys, let alone like three, making secondary runs into the box once the ball went out wide, <laughs> like at all last year. We were kind of do-
1: have the guys play one twos.
0: Yeah, I mean, we were kind of doing it early on in 2021 when Christian Casares Jr. scored some of those goals. That was looking pretty nice. Casares and Clark, I think, both look pretty mm-hmm. good. But I don't know. It just hasn't really shriveled up. It's just kind of shriveled up since. I don't know. I mean, like. Uh, just the rumblings coming out here, here, and there about, um, yeah, I mean, the disarray in the locker room last year, I think, would probably be that'll probably be something um, to keep an eye out for, I suppose. Um, mm-hmm. It didn't seem like a good environment, basically, I don't know, last year. You know, you have D-Manager openly shitting on the players in front of, uh, shitting on the players, right, in press conferences. I don't know. Just didn't really... Yeah, I don't know, man. I find the whole thing kind of sus. Like, the (laughs) locker room access has been cut off. We don't really have behind-the-scenes looks anymore. Like, I don't know. Yeah, the managers in Austria half the time begging for a new job, right? Uh, Hanging out with weird fail-sons of European billionaire families. Yeah, I don't know. It's just kind of fucked vibes right now, I'm not going to lie, but... We'll see where the twenty twenty three season takes us. I suppose is all, is all I can really say at this point. Like I, <laughs>
1: <laughs> the only notes I have left on Von Seer is that uh, one he plays with his shirt tucked
0: in. I think um, I think what I wanted to go back to actually uh, you touched upon <laughs> this was the three five two for a moment right and I think uh, okay. it's a question about what else we need to target. I think uh, for the off season, right? Because assuming that we switch between four and five man back lines like we did last year, mm-hmm. I'd probably say the forward corpse looks pretty good right now. The midfield is uh, kind of the same as it's always been. We didn't really lose. Midfield is stacked now that I've written down the whole roster. Yeah, right. I think Amaya Casares, um, Amaya Casares, Edelman, Yearwood. Yearwood. That's a pretty good, that's a pretty solid center four, right? And that's... Uh, Sir Wada. <laughs> we got like millions of bangers up our sleeves there, basically. And Wickelman,
1: boy, Carmona.
0: Totally forgot about that guy. Uh, <laughs> not going to lie. Right. Um, I think the main question for me would be the wingback position. I mean, obviously, right. I think John Tolkien's going to... Going to be there at left back. We did sign Curtis Afori to provide some cover, which I suppose is about as good as it's going to get for a backup left back in MLS. Jaden Reed as well. Mm, Yeah. And then uh, right wing back. That's sort of like the question mark for me, right? It was the question mark last year. I mean, I know that we are probably... I don't think we've actually announced the Cal Duncan thing yet, have we? I don't... I don't
1: know. Yeah, but I actually mean, no, I, we we did because it was on it was listed on the roster. So yeah, okay, as, yeah. As as an outgoing and an ingoing incoming transfer. Yeah. So uh,
0: um, yeah, so I presume Calvin think... is gonna start the year there. Um my main concern would be uh, what we look like when we play a three man back line, basically, right? Um, right. I think, uh, so let me think off the top of my head. We obviously lost Aaron Long, which is by any means a pretty big loss. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I guess that's literally our best defender. But then what, Reyes steps in, Nelis, the two Nelises, the depth would be like what, some combination of Hassan and Dom and... uh, Matt Nosita. Matt Nosita. I mean, I guess that's the kind of that's the kind of defender that you're probably going to be getting right to be honest with you in MLS yeah. is a depth defender I'm curious
2: as to how
1: because just of how we would play with a three-man back line because usually when we deploy that it's usually Sean ne- not Sean Nealist Sean Nealis, Sean Nealist Neal- Neal in the middle I don't know if I wouldn't call that a sweep basically he, he's he's that's he's almost always that central center back and then Reyes would play on the right, Long would play on the left. I think part of that is because that that position on the field lets them carry the ball a bit. Um become like a sort of a makeshift fullback when the wing back pushes up and down. Um I could see Dylan ne- I guess would Andres Reyes play on the left and then Neil- Dylan Niels plays on the right hand of the side. So that's what I'm curious. If we're playing 3 at all.
0: Because no, because I don't really think we have a left-footed center back on the roster, do we? That's the thing. No, like um, we had last couple years we've had one, but they didn't really see the pitch much, right? Because uh, no, yeah. that was yeah,
1: that spot was usually just Aaron Long anyway, which is you know that's
0: yeah, I mean that's fine, yeah, um, yeah, I mean so. I think a footedness of the center backs would be wouldn't really matter so much then I suppose no. yeah. Uh, so Nealis would probably be the one like dead in the center like he was last year right kind of being just that, for the
1: sake of just have him having game time yeah. Uh, Unless there's an interest in playing him at wing back which I don't even.
0: He's probably going to serve as some kind of cover there. To yeah. be honest with you, I mean that's to you. Yeah, yeah, I could see him
1: playing on the right and then like just giving giving Kyle Duncan. The freedom to get up and down, or whatever it is that he does. Yeah, I mean,
0: <laughs> I, I, we, we kind of know what Cal Duncan is at this point of his career. Like the, the roller coaster ride that is Cal Duncan at right back is going to be something that we are going to see for, I think, probably the rest of his career at this point. Right? He's not exactly a young gun anymore. He's turning 26 this year. If you want to feel like a fossil again, like what the fuck? Um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, basically like uh, went, uh, I mean, I'll, I'll be honest here. Like the Belgian league is not strong, right? He went to a very small team in Belgium and got frozen out, like almost immediately. Like that's that, that does not bode well at all. Yes. Honestly, as much
1: as like, we, cause we're, we're in this weird position of talking up, uh, Dante Von Sears' performances in the Belgian league while also talking about the quality of the league in relation to Kyle Duncan. But to your point, he did not play. He did not play in
0: Belgium. and that's, He did not play in Belgium. That's a pretty low bar to clear. I'm not going to lie to you. I mean, look, <laughs> not to like, I mean, like, that's the thing again, right? I mean, like, the relative level of strength in Belgium, like, once you get past the big teams, is not good. I mean, just quite frankly speaking, I mean, like it's they they, they somehow the somehow they found a league in Central Europe where defenders care less about defending than the Bundesliga, and it's immeasurable. Right. Like, like the quality of some of those pitches as well, man, is fucking shite. I'm not gonna lie. Not good. Proper muddy. Just looking nails. at just for
1: the reference of like, just looking at games. Uh, what was it Ostenda played Saint-Jouaz twice. They lost six-one and three-nil. Yeah. Von that... got a couple goals in one of them. No, and another one in another one. And yeah.
2: Yeah, Is... I mean...
0: Sorry?
1: Nope. I just don't know. I'm yeah, yeah, at I a mean... loss
0: for words. Yeah, I mean, I was definitely kind of a bit disappointed that that was the best that we could do it right back. I'm not going to lie. Right. In fact, I think uh, you look past the Van signing. Most of the other... Transfer activities has sort of been I don't know just signing retreads here and there, right? Like That's a Bur- good
1: like third of, of the signings. We've just literally bringing back guys from last year.
0: Yeah. Like. Yeah. I mean, uh, and homegrown's basically right retreads and signing homegrowns.
2: homegrown. And this is sort of like the and... first
0: uh, big big name, like bona fide first team guy that we've brought in. I mean, right. You could probably make the argument that we didn't probably need that many reinforcements for the first team to begin with, which in itself kind of uh, implies the notion that the team was actually really good last year, by the way. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, we didn't need that many reinforcements for the first team. Uh, then well again, like, I mean, I don't want to turn this into like a bashing hour or anything, but why is it then that we having this insinuation that these players on the team aren't good enough? You know what I mean? Like <laughs> the activity so far has mostly been replenishing the ranks of guys who were apparently not good enough last year. Right. I don't get it. But anyway, because um, I, I certainly did rate the strength of the team last year. And I think the only way that this kind of makes sense is if you thought the team was good enough to challenge for something last year, which they certainly were. Um, Yeah, I guess we didn't really need, there wasn't really any position, I think, that had a clear-cut need for reinforcement other than centre-back and perhaps right-back. But we've made a decision at right-back. We'll see if anything happens for centre-back, I suppose. But we're already quite deep there, aren't we? I wouldn't say yep. quite deep, but we really do have quite a few guys, I think, lined up for that position. We'll see where that takes us, basically. Um, my my option would probably be that I feel like we need one defender, but I'm not sure if we're going to get it, basically. Uh, it doesn't really seem like there's much else in the pipeline going on. Yeah, um, I
1: would imagine it would probably not even be a foreign transfer, it would probably be an interleague thing. I don't know uh, how much TAM or allocation money or any any variation of or variant of it we
0: have. We're definitely sitting on that... quite a decent stack for a while, though I will say. So I mean, like I don't exactly right. think we're, we're we're short on like uh, the league's Calvin Ball assets for yes. us to make a move. So I'm not too plussed about that. Right, the transfer will happen when the transfer happens. All we can really do is just wait and wait and see until then.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um. As tends to be the case for MLS transfer activity, yeah, I'm not gonna. The capology of it doesn't really matter yeah. because I don't think it's it's really ever really been a factor. To be honest with you, like we've been cap compliant one way or another in the end, so I'm not gonna twist myself in a knot over it. Um, yeah, I think um, I think that kind of stands to lay of the land of where we are, right? I mean, I think uh, in the end of the day, I'd probably say that this is a team that would probably be good enough to challenge for something. I mean, at the very least, I would expect this to be in the mix for top of the East this year. If we do not get off to that kind of start, I mean, like, you really, I, I don't know. I mean, I—if we if we are not, like, when are you going to start asking questions, right? of what's going on here. <laughs> it's basically mm-hmm. where I'm, where I'm at. Like the leash can't be this long. Surely. Right. God, you know, <laughs> I'm tired of it. I gotta say, I'm really tired of it, but yeah, the, the, the leash can't continue to be this long is basically where I'm at. Um, I think, uh, yeah, I don't know. Do you have anything? Do you have Any dream transfer? Maybe that you like to see, I don't know.
1: I don't know if I'm gonna put that out there. A dream transfer. Just do it anyway. Ooh. Okay, here's one off the top of my head: Hakim Ziyech.
0: <laughs> All right, that would that would that would be that would be pretty sick. I'm not gonna lie.
1: I'm like, oh, that'd be fun. <laughs>
0: Let's, let's just go crazy. Like, just bring me Joseph Guardiol or something. Like, let's just fucking oh gosh, go.
2: Wow.
0: <laughs> <laughs> He's going to Red Bull, but not Leipzig. <laughs> but not Leipzig. Yeah. So, you I'm going to uh, all right. Um, I suppose we have to talk about these kits <laughs> The an As A-side. Um... Kits.
1: Yes. So they haven't officially dropped, but a, le- <clears throat> a leak showed up last night, January 26th, of a store in New Jersey of the back of the new New York Red Bulls change kit, primary kit, alternate kit. Um, and uh, how would you describe it, Lenz? It kind of looks like piss. You
2: Lewis know
1: what's Morgan, like... how would you say it? Kind of looks like pesh.
0: <laughs> you know what the Thank Adidas designer Morgan. did, basically, uh, is that uh, while they were designing the kit, they were just like, re-listening to the old Dave Chappelle piss on you sketch
2: <laughs>
0: as they filled in the colors.
2: <laughs> I want to piss on you. Piss on you, I'll piss on you, I'll pee on you. Trip, trip, trip. <laughs> and your body. Oh gosh. Won't you get a whiff of my Hershey stains?
1: Oh gosh, now we're we're, we're too far into.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I wanna pee in your food.
1: <laughs> I feel like I, I someone at Adidas at Adidas the, D- the Adidas headquarters in 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 portland was just like oh we need a new new york red bulls kit uh then they opened up a dusty broom closet with like a, a single window in it and they just saw what a rejected like bru- arsenal bruised banana kit yellow away kit that's just been left in the sun too long and they're like oh we
0: could use this well for all you know it could have actually just been like a really discolored real madrid jersey as well right where oh my god the, the, the mothball accumulation turns into like this why really is this template yellow. from
1: twenty fifteen? <laughs>
0: Oh, no, no, no. It goes back further, actually. It's like, you know, like it's it, it's like an old Madrid kit, you know, and uh, it was Teca and they had the uh, army lettering on the back. Yes. Right. Like uh, the very first Madrid teams that I remember, in fact, had that kind of lettering. And I've yeah. been sitting in some dude's closet getting like burnt out by the sun. I was like, oh, actually, I like the shade of yellow. But I was like Dad, It's a that it was supposed to be a white kit. Nevertheless. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> really what if
1: funny. what if what if we were we were already planning since the beginning of of the development process of this shirt, the design process. They they knew that we were going to sign Dante Vancier and they're like we have to make him feel like home. We know what to do. Yellow and blue, just like his home kit.
0: Uh, <laughs> you see like see what I hate about this episode in particular is that a we have to talk a we have to acknowledge the existence of Belgium. And B, we have to we have to talk about P. <laughs> oh. Yeah. And uh, basically like now I think the Van Zier transfer is a perfect uh, what is it? It's part of like the coalescence of those two elements into right. something that I absolutely detest, which is basically this kit, right? Like <laughs> I I, I don't know, man. At, the, at this point, like, uh, I don't know. Like, get, there's going to be a point where we trot these kits out with, like, the red shorts from last year, and I'm going to, like, fucking gag, dude. Like, the only way that this could have been great is if we qualified for CCL again and had a rematch against Chivas somehow.
1: Mm-hmm. I didn't
0: be like. <laughs>
1: Surprise, <laughs> it's Club America. Yeah,
0: exactly. Exonerate the ghosts from the past. By beating, right. by beating them in the Club America homage kits. That, that was the only way that they'd make this acceptable for me. But, you know, I mean, like, uh, I don't know, man. I mean, I'm just going to say, like... It's... I'm just like...
1: We already have a red kit this season, which is fine. And I understand it being a alternate kit, and it's there's precedence of having yellow and blue. It's just... The execution could have been better. I don't... You know, does it need to be this washed out at this point? At this point, why have blue in the kits at all? If we're marketing New York is red, you know, uh, we it's already happened where we've had a red kit and then we phase out the red kit and then bring back a new kit that is not red. So we have New York is red, but we don't wear red as a primary color at all.
0: Yeah, it's it's sort of uh, that's sort of the annoying thing, isn't it? I mean, like you probably wouldn't see city like have anything with red on them
1: right would, not even not even a spec not even i don't know yeah i mean even they would do like the proud boy logo in red or something
0: even their ugly ass alternates have tended to include orange rather than red right so right. i mean i think uh they have a bit more they they they, 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 they genuinely do have a more consistent i guess, i suppose like a more consistent uh feel to your kits than we do. And uh we're we're talking about like goofy ass alternates by the way, not like their Mad City knockoff home home kits. Obviously right. like um my my main gripe with it is that it could honestly easily have looked so much better if we used more striking like shades of like yellow yeah. and blue. Right, like what we used to have, like if it were or like C4,
1: yellow and red. I don't, I don't know,
0: man. Yellow it's... and red, even, yeah. I mean, like that's fine with me as well. Yeah. I mean, like we could end up looking like Partick Thistle, you know, like yes, <laughs> that'd be sick, wouldn't it? Like really yeah. make, really lean in on the Lewis Morgan, uh, <laughs> the Lewis Morgan uh, vibe here. It's like we're gonna right. bring Lewis back to Glasgow, but it's not Celtic or Rangers. Yeah. In fact, it's Partick fucking thistle.
1: <laughs> I guess on the topic of, of going back to the topic of, of dream signings, you know, you know who would be a great uh signing to have in this new in this new shade of yellow in this kit? You know who you know who would it be? Yeah. Spanish midfielder uh for Barcelona Sergio Piskitz.
0: <sighs> God damn it.
1: Wait, if so, we need a striker? What if what if we sign Pat PC say?
0: God damn. God damn it! <laughs> what if what if the center back needed... is PP? Right, get it, PP <laughs> Pepe. <pay
1: pay. laughs> bring out, uh, bring YP Lee out of retirement. <laughs> if God forbid Cornell gets injured and we need Ed Mara can't play, we could bring back. Uh, uh, oh no, wait. That's oh no, I ruined the joke. Damn it. Right well, back depth, though we could sign, L- uh, Borussia Dortmund legend uh, Lucas Piszczek.
0: Oh God. <laughs> uh, substitute manager is a manager IP freely, and it's a Gerhard Schuber in <laughs> a really bad goatee and toupee, oh, uh, gosh. and is a uh, and his accent shifts ever so slightly to Swiss German as opposed to Austrian German. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs>
2: Hello? Why are there so many
1: German fans at these games now? What?
2: (laughs) I am the new manager, IP freely. (laughs) 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 The last guy, Gerhard Struber, died in a skiing accident. (gasps) I am not related to him in any way.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, here's a thought exercise. I don't know. Do you want to keep talking about the kid or do do you want to move on to this thought exercise? Yeah, this, is, this is a
0: thought exercise. Like uh Okay. I, uh, <laughs> my my stance okay. on the kids have been firmly established. So. Okay.
1: Gerhard Struber leaves halfway through the season to take uh-huh. another job. What is the most cursed team he could go
0: to? Uh the Qatar national team. Ooh. He would 100% a hundred percent do it too. Oh, <laughs> They're looking for a new manager as well, by the way. So they're like... looking
1: for a new manager too. Uh let's say okay. Um, off the top of my oh Basaksha here, the the like basically the state run team. Oh, the Erdogan
0: team, right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let me try and think. I'm sure. I'm sure. There, I'm sure. There's. A, I'm sure. There's a really. Uh, there could be a really. Apoel Nicosia. Ooh. That would be really funny, actually. That'd be a funny one. Uh oh, he gets reunited with Kaku at Al Itihad. Oh
1: my gosh.
0: <laughs> oh no, Al tawun Spiritus- sorry. sorry. Al Tawun, yeah.
1: Uh Nuno Spirito Santo leaves uh Al Nasr. Or no, no, he does coach Al Hitihad, never mind. Uh Kira Struber coaching Al Nasser would be very funny, replacing Rudy Garcia.
0: That would be like the most malevolent vibes, wouldn't it yeah yeah like 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 he obviously wouldn't he like like i I don't think he's the type of guy who would uh take a job that's too far from Europe, so there's like no way he'd go to Asia basically mm. uh so he so I think what the middle East would probably be a decent landing spot for him, because he can just fuck off back to uh the Alps whenever he wants basically Yeah. Right? so basically mm. like yeah, I mean. It, <laughs> Qatar national team manager Gerhard Struber is uh, probably going to be like, I don't know. I mean, like, <laughs> I'm sure there's some perverted Austrian team that I don't know about who could probably like get him. But that's that's the other thing for me, you know. I mean, uh, out here begging for jobs in Austrian TV. But if you're actually producing results, and I think Salzburg would probably be like, <laughs> be in discussion for you at some point. You know what I mean? Like. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, like he just hasn't really done anything yet to kind of warrant that kind of uh, clout. You know what I mean? So
1: yeah, I don't get. I don't get. All the shots you see of him hanging out in Europe are super weird because it's like, oh yeah, whoever he's talking to thinks he's super cool, and it's like, what? Yeah.
0: <laughs> this is me having a fun night out at the town with all my friends. They're all just what out is- of frame laughing as well. <laughs>
1: Is it just like a European thing? Like in how like in Germany their just idea of of what is cool is just like twenty years behind what the trend is in America. Like in Germany they're like, Oh yeah, I'm going to be very cool. I'm gonna put on these sunglasses and a and a and a denim jacket.
0: Actually I'd probably argue that like uh they, they peaked in weird coolness in the nineties and then just never moved on since. So they're all still listening to like Aqua and shit. Yeah. They're like uh They have, like, they have, like, uh, fucking, I don't know what, they all listen to Moby. (laughs) 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 Gerhard Schubert seems like the type whose favorite album would be a Moby
2: album, wouldn't it? Oh, my God. Like, he really, really gets into, we are all made of stars. (laughs) Fuck off. (laughs) People there come together. (laughs) People there fall apart. Oh, my God. Fuck, you know.
0: I'm going to kill myself. Uh, for doing that <laughs> on the kid reveal, he's like,
2: oh, "Oh, I
1: know the perfect song to play it. It's this song by Coldplay. Do you know Coldplay? My oh, God, Jesus
2: Christ! I hear they're very popular in the English the speaking popular.
1: World. Oh gosh,
2: <laughs>
1: Gerhard, do you know the song '99 Luftballons'? No, no, I don't know that one. Is that is that is that a new one? Like what? <laughs> you don't know that one."
0: Yeah, because because the only thing he listens to on repeat is Moby. He doesn't need anything else. <laughs> just just ball, just only he only listens to music by bald guys. Yeah, <laughs> he loves REM. M- Moby and Phil Collins is basically M- Moby, all you listen to. Phil
1: Collins, <laughs> REM, the Blue Man Group. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> Fuck, you know.
2: <laughs> He only gets his music reviews from Anthony (laughs) Fantano. I hear in Chicago they have this very talented singer-songwriter called Billy Corgan. (laughs) 1979 is the year that I was born. (laughs) (laughs) It's got a a lot of meaning to me.
1: (laughs) Do you know this very cool guitarist named Joseph Satriani?
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay, I, I even feel that like just guitar music like that would be like way beyond like his fucking. uh Oh, maybe be, like,
2: yeah. Like he only
1: listens review. to Judas Priest, but only after Rob Halford went bald. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, no, he doesn't like this guy because it's too violent and it's too aggressive. <laughs> it messes with my vibes. <laughs>
0: but the vibes are also, you see, like, 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 like I always imagine them as being like, you know, like kind of vaguely passive, yet like malicious vibes, you know what I mean? So it's not like overtly angry. Yeah, has to listen Mm -hmm. to like the most like washed, like family friendly, yet like boring shite that you can think of on the planet is why I thought like the perfect medium for that is Moby. (laughs) Like, (laughs) like, yeah, like, 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 like. Like, the most fucked guy in your office vibes, you know what I mean? Like, what's he probably oh, going to listen to? Coldplay? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> like, Panic at the Disco, maybe. You know, shit like oh that.
2: You know, like... <laughs> <laughs> I spent $500 for the Panic at the Disco farewell concert. <laughs> I cried when they played High Hopes, because I still have high hopes for this team. <laughs> <laughs> fuck
0: okay i think this bit's gone on for way too long <laughs> it might have gone in too long yeah maybe it's okay though i think uh, we've uh we've we've expanded the Stuber multiverse lore by a significant amount here so i think um i think uh i think uh i think that's fine um what what what, what were we on before we got on this diatribe
1: yeah i think um, we were talking about cursed the the cursed teams and the kids uh, and you know what I, I think on the last word on the kids uh a scenario that someone is going to like the kit and someone's going to try to wear it on a fun night out and then the bouncer of whatever club they're going to they're going to try to enter is going to see them in the kit you know what they're going to say
0: you're not getting in with that
1: No they're going to say you're in All right um I think Lens Lens is hung up on 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 the podcast
0: Wait hold on wait I didn't get it <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh. oh no i was making a urine joke but oh but you know uh, what oh that's a joke that works better on paper yeah than it is as, as my experience performing stand-up comedy has gotten me
0: again i'm sorry i i didn't mean to i didn't mean to bomb your big punch line out. <laughs> it was a bad joke lens it's okay Okay, we, we learned from our mistakes.
1: That effort was piss poor.
0: Okay, we're back. Hey, hey now. Hey, yo. <laughs> uh I think um I will say though, they kind of tie the old episode together. I, I will I, I will I, I will just close my eyes and pretend that this kit is a uh send up to a Kesoku Band and it's gonna <laughs> reveal like the like the tag on the inside is pink or something, you know. Yes. And they'll really complete the. Uh, the uh, <laughs> they'll really complete it. They'll, re- they'll really tie everything together. You see what I did there? Kesoku yes. band, zip tie, tie. I'm a fucking genius. Please bring it me all up. together. Sign the kit may
1: be piss colored. It's a reminder that the team is number one
0: in our hearts. Yeah. the The, the real piss kits were the friends we made along the way. Exactly. That's the uh, that's that's the most powerful message that you can get, I think, uh, from a sh- from uh, this season. Um, so I think what preseason's probably going to roll on. Um, the season starts in what March? I want to say. I think. Uh, End of February, early. Well, yeah. I think the first home game is in March. I think first we might home game is in March, that. yeah. And we're starting to road in February, so we still kind of have a yeah. long ways to go. Uh, gonna be about full month before we see actual competitive matches I think this would be a good time to leave us off there I don't think uh, I think uh, we'll uh, regroup for uh, pre for early season expectations once we've uh, I suppose uh, closer to the uh, eve of uh, the season we'll try and mm-hmm. see if we can uh, squeeze a round table in in there uh, like we did last year because that's always fun when we get our friends on the show uh and then we'll yeah we'll see you guys uh we'll see you guys then i suppose until then enjoy enjoy uh Belgium enjoy um enjoy the anime that we recommended at the top of the episode <laughs> if you're so inclined like seriously do not skip out on a btr especially like uh <laughs> cannot emphasize this enough and uh enjoy um yeah enjoy enjoy scatology i suppose we <laughs> If I, at this episode, inspire someone to become a urinologist, all power to you. Juan, thank you so much for your time, as always. <laughs> 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 I got And this is MetroFanTV saying, Mata ne.